good. Good to be here. Thanks uh, for coming. I love seeing your faces. A um, couple of things. So Ben hit me up last week. I think he said, hey, man, uh, can, do you want to um, preach this week? I was like, yeah, sure. What's it on? Why Jesus? I'll preach on why Jesus all day. Um, and then I thought, let's make this a little fun. I mean, not to say that they're not fun. We heard some great um, sermons from, from Dylan and from Rach and from Ben. And what it got me thinking was why Jesus? And there's one key thing that I thought about. It was a personal encounter and a personal relationship. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my life um, and a little bit about why why I chose Jesus, and then I'm going to plant some seeds in your life and think about why you chose Jesus or why you will choose Jesus. But then as I was sitting at the back and the girls were talking about uh, Green Team, some of you don't know this, but on a Friday or Saturday night, a couple times a month, I go down to Hindley Street and I do a night shift, uh, 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. And I I get, I'm not partying, uh, I get young kids off the street, sometimes as young as 10, um, Main, and this was really special actually that um, Liv did a acknowledgement of country because I've been really praying for the Aboriginal people this week in particular. Lots of stuff has gone down. But a lot of these kids are young Aboriginal kids and they don't have the leadership in their home or the role models. And so you see them out on the street, man, and sometimes drunk, man, at 12 years old with nowhere to go. And so I got to ring their parents and then sometimes – they don't answer or they're drunk and I can't take them back there. Then I've got to hand them over to uh, um, Department of DCP, Child Protection, or, or the police, you know, and it's, that's the world. And I wish that at midnight when I go around, I'm seeing all these people dressed up and, you know, drunk and happy at that moment. I wish I could go up to them and say, hey, listen, uh, I've seen this time and time again and in about three hours you're going to be regretting this. <laughs> But I, but I don't. Sometimes I do. Last Saturday night was very special because some people I took home, um, they, were, they were high. We won't get into details. But I just felt the Holy Spirit tell me, man, you got to pray for these people. And I was like, let's do it. Turned around, I said, can I pray for you? And they looked at me like, okay. And then they started telling me stories. These guys are not Christian, but stories of how they've already encountered God. So a Christian walked up to him the other day and prayed for this kid. And he's like, never been prayed for. Now I said it, you see? So don't ever underestimate what just saying, hey, can I pray for you? Or God bless you. Or like me and Amari do out the car window. Jesus loves you to random people. Like that, That's actually a thing. People just go, what the heck? I was just praying for a sign. Or you just never know how powerful that is. So yeah, so let's get started. So when we're thinking about why I chose Jesus, I started thinking about why do we choose things in life? The things that we choose, why do we choose them? So we've got a little game here. Uh, The first one, you're going to say which one you choose. Ready? So let me see hands. Maccas. Hungry Jacks. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Now, my first job was at Hungry Jacks, so I'm a bit... um, Bias, so I've always been like, the biggers are better at Hungry Jacks. But hey, I think Maccas have actually surpassed them. I'm sorry. Hungry Jacks stayed in the 90s, bro. I don't know what happened. Okay, next one. There's always some Pepsi heads in the building. Where are they? Yeah, there's my Pepsi people. Okay, okay. 
Cool. Cool. All right. What have we got next? Where's my Adidas people? Yeah. Oh, we're still alive. Yeah. See, Adidas was such a wog brand back in my day. I'm allowed to say that. I am one. Okay. For those of you looking at me like, what's a wog? I don't, I don't know. That's like a Mediterranean, Middle Eastern, you know, European person. Darker skin, like that's what we all got called. And it was a real wog brand. Like we used to have the bum bag, the hat, the t-shirt, the... The button-up, you don't know, you don't have these. We had these button-up trackies. You could just rip off with one going like, you had shorts underneath, right? It was so good. You get to your soccer match, you're like, yeah, it was the best. <laughs> okay, next one. All right, who's got chocolate? Where the lolly people at? Ah, yeah, see? You see? So passionate, aren't you? I know, it's crazy. Uh, we got a couple more. All right, now this one. Where's my Jordan people at? Hey, I got nothing but love for LeBron James, his gangster man. He's, he's seriously one of the best, but Jordan is the GOAT. Okay. Next one. Okay, okay. Where's my dog people at? Okay, hang on. Where's my cat people at? Yeah. Okay, now, quick story. I used to hate cats. Not that I hated cats. I really love lions and mountain lions, but just the little kitty cats that kill everything annoyed me. And I really like dogs. But then I got a cat. And this cat was half Siamese, half Burmese. Man, his name was Chico, like his gangster. And I used to go, yo, Chico. And he would run up and jump on my shoulder and he would hang over my shoulder and we'd walk out into the street, look around, check the mail, and he'd just sit there like that. It was, it was the best. And since then, I have to say, I've just gone a little bit cat. I know, I know, because dogs, they're like, hey, hey, I'll poo and wee everywhere and just still love me. Yeah, I know. They're so annoying sometimes. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. I, I love animals, man. But just cats, man, they do their own thing. They come back and chill. You don't even see a cat. When's the last time you saw a cat poo? That's right, because they bury it. You don't have to go everywhere and pick it up and step in it, mate. Exactly. That's a win-win for me. Okay. Next one. Okay. Where's my Android fans? Yes. Now, it's not just because my name is in the brand. Samsung. <laughs> Sam does like to sing. But... I had this revelation once, right? Not that long ago. It's actually about a year and a half ago. What is the, and I don't want to get too freaky, but let me just tell you something. What is the logo of that? It's an apple, right? And it also has a what out of it. Now, where may have you seen that before? Where may have you heard of that before? Oh, in the Bible, funny that. Just saying. 
Yes, Sarah. I know, Sarah, but everyone thinks it was an apple. So subconsciously, we knew, subconsciously, we know it was an apple. Why do you think he just randomly called his IT apple and then took a bite at it? You know, the original logo was not an apple with a bite at it. Just saying. Okay, let's move on to the most important one. Jesus or the world. Now, I know, ladies and gentlemen, it's easy to say it's much harder to do because the world has so many things that are shiny and bright and seem good on the outside. But trust me, from a man who lived in the world most of his life, I don't just mean like on earth, I mean like in the world, seeking the world. And now I have Jesus I would never go back to the world. Okay? All right. Now, uh, let's use some Scripture because I, I would just love to talk. I mean, we could talk for hours. Oh, I forgot to put my timer on. <laughs> we'll start from now, shall we? <laughs> that was about five minutes, wasn't it? <laughs> okay. Benny told me, start the timer first. Okay, thanks, Benny. All right. So, uh, the verse I want to start with is John 14, verse 6. Do you know what that verse is? Yes, read it out together. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, people with phones out, I'm going to give you a warning. Unless you're taking notes, put them in your pockets. Because I have a rule when I go to schools. I say, if I see them, I take them. If I take them, I sell them. <laughs> Cash money, Lebanese, you know what I mean? Okay. So I am the truth and the way and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. These are big, bold statements, but this is what Jesus has said. Now, we live in a world that has become so subjective about truth. You know what that means? That everyone's truth. Everyone has their own truth. That's not true. I'll call it out. It's not true. There is a truth. We would love that every way leads to heaven and every way leads to God. That is not true. And I'll show you why from my own life and through a book that I've got that I love and I'll recommend to everybody. It's called A Case or the case for Christ. I recommend everybody read it, man. It's ridiculous. Okay, now I had a mentor once say to me, Sam, I would rather live like a Christian and die and find out it wasn't true than the other way around. I would rather live like a Christian, die, and then find out, oh, it wasn't true than the other way around. The risk far outweighs the reward. And the reward far outweighs the risk. I know it's deep. It's deep. 
Okay, so for some of you that don't know me, I grew up uh, with a Muslim dad and a Christian mum, and we had the best of both worlds. We didn't get taught about God in the house as such. We got taught about God from a Christian family and from my Muslim family. My Muslim family was more Muslim than my Christian were Christian, but we used to get Christmas and Easter and the Muslim holidays too. I know, it was the best, right? Everyone was so jealous of us, right? So um, now... When it, we then got to our teens and it was like, oh, you can't be both, you know. It was like, you know, you can't be a vegan and a carnivore, right. You got to pick one. And because my Muslim family was more Muslim than my Christian family, me and my brother picked the Muslim side. So we said, yeah, we're Muslims. And then I started thinking, why did we pick that? And one was because of our environment, the world around me. Who was going to affect me, influence me? That was my Muslim family. Two, because it was a part of my culture, the Arabic language that we spoke, Islam is based around it, right? Three, because we thought it was cooler at the time, because back in those days, the only reference we had of Christians were Ned Flanders on The Simpsons. And they didn't really get a good rap, did they? There were no cool Christians like your leaders back then. Well, I'm sure they were, but I didn't see them. Okay, now so uh, so we then became Muslims, but the problem was we were like what I call no pork Muslim. And what that means is Muslims don't actually eat pork. So we would go out, we would party, we would drink, we would smoke, but we wouldn't eat pork. No, bacon is pork. Chicken is chicken. Chicken is chicken, bro. Of course I eat chicken. Okay. Now, so this happened for many years. So probably from my late teens all the way through to my mid-30s. In my mid-20s, I had children and I thought that some of the behaviours, the drinking, without getting into detail, drugs and alcohol and some other stuff that was a part of my life, was just normal. I thought it would go away when I had kids but it didn't. And I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried to get closer to my faith in Islam. And then I'll do through my own efforts for two months or three months or six months was my longest. And then I would relapse and fall back into these patterns. Uh, Then my wife, and God put my wife in my life, thank the Lord. uh, She prayed. She's like, I went to counsellors and I went to uh, psychologists and I went to some different places and nothing actually worked. And then she prayed and she found this ex-gangster turned pastor. And I thought I was gangster, so it was perfect. And I went to Sydney and I met with this guy and he prayed for me and I was in his church and the Holy Spirit came over me and God started showing me signs left, right and centre to the point where I was like, whoa, I think Jesus is real and I think He is the way. And then I read a book called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, which brought the relationship and the personal connection that you heard with Rachel and Dylan and Ben It's a personal relationship. It's not some old guy that's just sitting up in the cloud judging you. He loves you and he sent his son for you, right? People say, I love Jesus, but I don't love God. People are like, oh, I really like Jesus. He's got great morals and teaching, but this whole God stuff, nah. But they don't realise he is one and the same. See, Jesus says, when you see me, you have seen the Father. That is him, okay? 
When I was two months old, my parents had a real busy restaurant in Sydney and my grandmother, who was a Christian, grabbed me from Sydney and came and brought me to Adelaide and raised me for eight months by myself without my parents. Now I tell you this because what I didn't realise at the time was she was taking me to church every Sunday without my dad knowing. My dad did not know this. I only found this out after I became a Christian five years ago. My mum told me. Now, my, you, don't, you don't know how long prayers may take, but believe me, when you pray, God listens. My grandmother passed away, but 35 years later, I became a Christian. The seed she planted when I was two months old bared fruit 35 years later. Right? It's crazy. So when I became a Christian, because Muslims believe in Jesus, they just don't believe Jesus is the prophet. They believe Jesus is a prophet, not the Son of God and not God. But they, that Jesus is mentioned in their book more than their prophet. So when I was battling this Jesus, I didn't just become a Christian. I didn't want to become a Christian. I just wanted to get my life straight. And that Jesus just kept rocking up. I know, it's crazy. I can't get too much into it now, but trust me, it was crazy signs, okay? And... Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, is this really the way I've got to do? I've got to become a Christian. Now that was hard. Why? Because my world was Muslims. All my, all my boys that I was hanging with, you know, I had, I had to tell them. When I told my brother, I was on a Zoom call. He was in America, uh, Skype. And I told him, I said, bro, I'm, 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 I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'll never forget this. He was on the screen. And he went, I was, and I thought it was frozen. I was like, oh, it's frozen. He's like, no, it's not. And I was like, oh, and he just didn't know what to say. Like that's the sort of, um, Ewan, that's the sort of um, response that I got from my people. You understand? Okay, so it wasn't a light decision, right? Followers, followers of Jesus take Jesus at His word, believe that Jesus was the Son of God, that He came from heaven to be fully God, yet also fully man at the same time. It's a great mystery that we may never understand. But why would we, man? It's God. You understand? If we fully understood God, then He wouldn't be God. We've got a three-pound brain, one and a half kilo brain. You think you're going to understand everything in the universe? Look, you use your mobile phone, you still don't know how it works. Some of you are like, yeah, I know. I don't even know how this thing works. <laughs> it's true, right? Like, I don't even know. I still don't know. Video calls, how the heck does that happen? Do you know how it works? Yeah, you still wouldn't. Well, maybe you would. Okay. So uh, he says in John 8 verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, um, what do you think happened if Jesus died, but then never came back to life? Nothing. It would have shattered everything because these, uh, is this going to freeze on me? It is. <laughs> it's not frozen. I see what you did there. Um, what do you think would have happened if Jesus didn't come back to life when he died? Nothing. Because his believers were believing that he was going to be resurrected after he died. Do you think his believers would have died for a lie? Because you know, all of his followers, all of his followers 
got killed for believing and preaching the word, except for John. John got exiled to an island and that's where he died alone. The rest of them died horrible deaths. Do you think that if Jesus didn't come back to life, they would have still died for that? No way. Because guess what happened when Jesus actually died on the cross? They went back to their old jobs. The next day, they were like, oh, man, he died. So they went back fishing and doing their thing. He's like, oh, I didn't think he was going to die. I thought he was going to get off the cross. I can't believe he died. Must have been not real. Let's go back and be fishermen or whatever they were. But then guess what? He came back and they're like, oh, my gosh, it was real. You've actually come back. They touched him. They sat with him. There were 500 different eyewitnesses. It's not just the 12. 500 different people saw him, sat with him, talked to him, heard him, listened to him after he had died. Is that crazy? Yes, it is. Okay. I actually knew, God, I knew this was going to happen. Just saying. Um, what is it? It's nearly Christmas, not Easter. Okay. Anyway, I really got some good points here and I don't want to talk too much off, off the thing. So I'm going to try and get this back. Uh, well, actually, I don't have an apple, so I can't confirm that and apple would be any better. Okay. What I want you to think about is this. Following Jesus doesn't mean everything just stops. When I started to follow Jesus, um, do you think my life became perfect? No, it didn't. Actually, within the next three months of me following Jesus, I got hit by a car, hit and run actually. The lady took off. I broke my scaff. I was on my push bike. I broke my scaphoid, my, my hand. I lost my job. I lost my license. I got my car impounded. And three months after that, I lost my best friend in a tragic circumstance. All within six months of coming to Jesus. Right? But what does he say? He says, my yoke is easy. The world will be hard. Life will be hard. There will be struggles. But stay with me and focus on me and life. You'll be able to do life. He gave me comfort. He gave me peace. He gave me strength. When I kept my eyes on Him. You see, the problem is we look at the world and we think, oh, they've got greater things than us. They've got, they don't. Because there's so many people in Hollywood and the people you see and the singers that have a terrible life. Look at all the people on Instagram and Snapchat and whatever the heck else you do. They ain't showing you their entire life. They're only showing you their highlight reel. I've got kids, man. I know how long it takes to get one good photo. (laughs) Okay? So let me tell you, these people have these perfect photos. That has taken time, people. Okay? It has taken time. Right? So we are called to be the light in the world. These guys that are Encounter Youth, uh, is that what they're called? Encounter Youth? Yeah. And the green team, Almost all of them, because they come into my hub where I am, almost all of them are Christian. They are volunteering their time to help people get off the street, to give them water, to talk to them, to comfort them for free in the freezing cold rain of Hindley Street in the city. They come to my hub every Saturday, every Friday night, right? I get paid. I don't volunteer. I would though. Maybe not at 40. But anyway, 
right? You understand? That's what we're called to be. Well, that's why the title of this was in the world, but not of the world. Right? That's what we're called to be. People need to look, not that it's all about us. It's not. But His Spirit is in us. His Spirit is in us. He has given us that Spirit. The same Spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ is in us when we accept Him in our lives. Amen? All right. Now, I just realised I do have some notes on my phone, so let's go that, that way. Now, when you are in the world, what do you want the most out of life? Do you want to be popular? Do you want to be accepted? Do you want to be admired? Do you want to be rich? Following Jesus gives you something better. In the end, popularity will not matter. In the end, because look, even now, something I still dab when I go to schools, right? And you know what they say to me? They laugh at me. They go, Sam, that's so 2016. I'm old school, bro. I don't care. I like it, so I'll keep doing it. You know what I mean? I love it. And I only do it at the end of like good points. When something's on point, then I'll rip it out, you know? But I like it. But kids, you change every five minutes. You do these ones, and then you're like, no, that's not cool anymore. That, that was cool last week. This is a new one now. You know, these ones that you used to do, that thing. That lasted for what, about three once? Now I tell people, hey, do you play Fortnite? They're like, Fortnite? Oh, who plays that? And you're like, see? You guys chop and change every five minutes, man. So popularity is gone out the window. Now, following Jesus can be as simple as waking up each day and asking, okay, Jesus, what do you want me to do today? It can be, okay, Jesus, what do you want to do in me today? It can be, okay, Jesus, what do you want to do through me today? Ask Him and be ready to receive. I saw a young lad down here. I'm not going to call him out because it was so nice. It literally gave me goosebumps. When we were praising and worshipping, you know, some, you know, especially when you get to 13, 14, 15, the lads, you know, you're too cool to do it. Like, I get it, okay? I wasn't raised a Christian. I didn't get this, okay? The fun of youth group. But when you got to raise your hands, remember at camp? Remember that feeling you had at camp? If we could bubble that, and take that with you every day, everywhere you went, how good would that be? Right? And I saw a young lad here close his in his eyes and listening to that praise and worship song, mate. And that's what I want. I want to see that in young men. Because you are called to be that. You are not called to be the men of this world. I've got chat groups with friends of mine that I have to call out and say, dude, that's not cool. 40 years old, they're still sharing stuff that I go, bro, what are you doing? i got to call them out and I don't care because Jesus has convicted my heart. What Jesus has done in my life, mate, I had a fallout with my Muslim cousins three weeks ago because they bag on Christianity here, this and that, here and that. And I went, you know what, I'm just going to give them a little jab. And I did. And they all freaked out and bailed and they haven't spoken to me in like three weeks. But when they pay out my religion, in my relationship with God, Oh, yeah, Jesus is in this. I'm meant to just take it. Nah, man. I still love you. I still pray for you. But I'm going to tell you how it is. Because that's what Jesus convicted on my heart, right? Um, what's our next verse? Sorry, I've missed the note. So where are we at? Oh, beautiful. This is my favourite. 
Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can test God's will, His perfect, His good, perfect, pleasing will, right? Because if we don't know, how are we meant to know? We're listening to the world about what God is when the world is not sitting with God. We have to sit with God. And He tells us, don't conform to the patterns of this world. He already knew 2,000 years ago the patterns of the world were no good. You understand the Word is eternal. It'll always mean something to us. If we want, oh, this is a good one. Why Jesus? Because He is the only thing that stays the same. Past, present, future. Everything else changes. Everything else changes. Use Him as an anchor, just like a boat would. Because no matter the storm, the boat will always point towards the anchor. Isn't that crazy? Right? Everything that God requires is in Jesus. And everything we desire is in Jesus. You want more beautiful world? Oh, band, you can come up. You want a more beautiful world? It's in Jesus. You want a more just society? It's in Jesus. You want healing and restoration? It's in Jesus. You want righteousness and compassion? It's in Jesus. You want purpose? It's in Jesus. So why do we keep looking to the world? We are in the world, but we are not of the world because we are called by the greatest man that has ever walked in history. He had no servants, yet they called him master. He had no degrees, yet they called him teacher. He had no medicine, yet they called him healer. He had no army, yet kings feared him. He won no military battles, yet he conquered the world. He committed no crime, yet they crucified him. And he was buried in a tomb, yet he lives still today. That is why I chose Jesus. That is why the people I know chose Jesus. And at the end of the day, I want you to press in and find out what your why is for Jesus. There's a book, and I told you, The Case for Christ. Look it up. This is the most scientific researched book, and it all points to Jesus through reasoning and logic. For those people that are logical, and I'm like a real emotional, feely guy, like God shows me signs. It doesn't always show signs, but it's right there. Get around it. Shall we pray? Yeah. All right, let's bow our heads. Lord, I just thank You for this opportunity. I thank You for all the youth that are here tonight and they that are not. I pray for the leaders, Lord. I just pray that we can be the light in the world, Lord. Yeah. That we just wear You, we clothe ourselves in Your goodness, in yes. Your grace, in Your passion, in Your peace, Lord. Yes, that we just reach out our hands that when people mm. see us, they say, man, there's something different about yeah. them. That we don't talk about others like the world does. That we don't pick on others like the world does. That we don't like post, you know, things like the world does. May we confess our love for You openly, Lord. May we not be ashamed. May we not fear persecution because where that is, You are there. You have already gone through it all for us. You died for us, Lord. You love us so much and we love You. In Jesus' mighty Name. Amen.